Greetings, beloved, in the matchless, marvelous, majestic, and magnanimous name of the Lord Jesus. I greet you this Thursday morning with Jesus' joy. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and of course, we are rejoicing and we are glad in the blessing of the day. Welcome to another edition of the New Testament Word Walk that comes from the Great Awakenings Production Studios here at the St. James Missionary Baptist Church of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. I'm certainly grateful and excited to have this opportunity to once again connect with you as we are walking through the Word of God uh, together, as we are seeking to be found studying, to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that are not ashamed, as we seek to rightly divide the word of truth. Certainly grateful to have you joining us. I pray and trust by now you have received your handout and you've got your study material ready to walk through the Word of God with us. If not, if you'll take a moment to scan that QR code that you see in the top corner of the screen, um, you can access a copy of our handout for this lesson. Of course, feel free to visit the St. James Missionary Baptist Church website, www.sjmbc-rm.org, and you can uh, receive a copy of the, you can download rather, a copy of the handout for this lesson. Also, you may want to consider becoming a part of our Bible study emailing list, where each week we will email you prior to the week's studies, the handouts for both our Old and New Testament word walks that are held here at St. James Church. Old Testament, of course, is held on Tuesdays and the New Testament takes place on Thursdays. You can be added to the email list by taking a moment to text to us CBW. C as in Charles, B as in boy, W as in William, the words Bible study, one phrase. Text that to the text code of 84576. And if you will do that, a reply box is going to come back asking for your name and an email address. And immediately once you input that and send that back to us, you will automatically be applied uh, to our Church Beyond Walls Bible study emailing list so that when the handouts are prepared and emailed, you will receive them automatically each and every week. Listen, we've got an exciting lesson as we are diving into the book of Philemon or Paul's letter to Philemon. Uh, last week, we rebroadcasted the overview because we understood that there were several who missed the initial viewing and asked if we would re-air it. So we re-aired it last week. And so this week, we're going to dive right in uh, to the study of the Word of God. But before we do that, can we take a moment and let's bow our heads and let's pray and let's seek God's power and God's presence as we walk through the word together. Pray with me now, if you will. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I say thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to gather in your house, in this sacred space, for an opportunity to walk through your word. I pray now, God, that you would guide us, give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought, that we will rightly divide your word to these, your people. I'm so glad to know today, oh God, that your word has so much power that it will stand beyond the flowers fading and the grass withering. God, give us a correct understanding as we attempt to teach your people. In Jesus' name we pray and we praise. Amen and amen. Now, people of God, last week we looked at the overview 
of the book of Philemon. We several things that we said last week. Um, you remember, of course, we know that Paul is the writer, uh, but this particular epistle is different from all of the others. Whereas most of the Pauline epistles were written to churches and three of the Pauline epistles were written to spiritual sons. The epistle of Philemon is special because Paul writes it to a friend in ministry. And he speaks to this friend in ministry. Some actually believe that he was a new convert, uh, but he writes it to Philemon and he makes one basic request of Philemon in this particular letter of the New Testament. We're going to dive in today uh, looking at the handout as we continue to discuss uh, from the theme, the favor of forgiveness. We've got to see that there is so much favor in our lives when we learn how to forgive. I want to take a moment to first make sure that we understand uh, when we talk about forgiveness, we talk about reinstatement. We talk about making sure that man is brought back into a right relationship. We are making sure that a man basically reinstates a brother, reinstates a sister, reinstates a friend as if they have done no wrong. So we're going to take a look at that as we dive into the word of God and as we walk through God's word. Uh, we're going to take a look at that today. And I... My basic desire in looking at it today is to make sure that we understand more than ever how important it is that we are found forgiving others. I want to make sure that we see, we know, we understand the greatness and the favor of God that is placed on our lives when we learn how to forgive. Now, you would remember last week when we left off, I told you that there were three basic things that I was really trying to catch and share uh, based upon the writings of Paul. All right. And you're going to see that in today's lesson. There are basically three things that we're going to see. We're going to see Paul's courtesy. We're going to see Paul's compliment. We're going to see Paul's counsel. And then we're going to wrap up by dealing with Paul's conclusion. Remember, we said that the book of Philemon, the letter of Philemon is basically a letter, an intimate letter from Paul to his friend Philemon. We are going to see a more gentle side of Paul, the apostle, the preacher, the church builder. We are going to see a compassionate side of Paul, the servant leader and see how he instructs a servant from one of the churches he started. Because remember, we talked about this last week, that it is believed Philemon was a member of the church at Colossus or Colossae, depending upon which way you choose to pronounce it. So we're going to take a look at it. We're going to walk through it and we're going to see what Paul is basically saying to us in the word of God. There are 25 verses uh, in this particular passage of scripture. I'm going to endeavor uh, to break this up into two parts. All right. I'm going to break it up into two parts. We're going to start at verse one and travel as far as time will allow us today. 
And then next week, the Lord shall say the same. We're going to take on the second part. Um, let me say now at the outset, thanks to all of you for your ideas and your suggestions as to the next New Testament book we will study. Um, if the Lord shall say the same next week, we will announce that next book and uh, we will let you know how you can prepare yourself for our next unit of study through the word of God. Let's look at the book of Philemon, the letter, the letter of Paul to Philemon. Let's begin by looking at verses one, two, and three. As you have the handout, point number one, let's look at Paul's courtesy. Paul's courtesy. Philemon, verses one, two, and three reads, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in usual fashion and in regular fashion, those of us who have studied the writings of Paul, with each letter that Paul wrote, whether it was to church or to individual, he always began with a greeting. And that's what we see in the first three verses. There is a lot to really catch in the first three verses as Paul here speaks to Philemon. In verse one, Paul identifies himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, the question has been asked already, why is it that Paul did not identify himself as an apostle? Letter A of the handout is the point that I need you to see. Paul identifies himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ instead of an apostle, as he does in other letters, signifying his appeal to Philemon as his brother and not as a superior. That is important. That is important. Why is that so important? The importance of that is understanding that Paul could have approach this as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, as an apostle of the Lord's church, and could have demanded and reprimanded uh, Philemon to do what he needed him to do. But instead, he chooses to receive him as a brother. People of God, hold on to this, and this is something that I need us to see as we dive in. Sometimes it's our approach that changes everything. If you approach somebody wrong, if you approach a situation wrong, you can actually mess up the whole process. So the first thing that Paul teaches us here, even in his greeting, is understanding our approach. Forgiveness begins with the right approach. We've got to know how to approach people. Sometimes we got to learn how to talk to people. We got to learn how to approach them correctly. All right. He identifies Timothy as a brother. It is believed that at this particular point, Timothy was alongside him. History records it because remember, timing is everything. At the time that this letter to Philemon was written, history records that it was written about the same time as Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. 
the Colossian church. So at that particular point in history, Timothy was not yet pastoring. Timothy was with him at that point. All right. To Philemon, our fellow, our beloved fellow worker. And Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. All right. Four people, four groups, four, four entities, if you will, that we find Paul addressing this letter to. All right. Letter 1B, Paul addressees. Paul addresses the letter, first of all, to Philemon. Philemon. All right. We already know that he identifies him as a fellow beloved fellow worker. We talked about this last week, that there is a possibility that he was a slave master. We do believe and we do know that he at least had one slave. That one slave is the subject of the letter, Onesimus. We do know that. So we do know he was a slave. He was a good man. We do know that. He was a church man because according to verse two, the church was in Philemon's house. So I don't want us to begin to develop this thing as if Philemon was some bad man. What we see here is this is a good man who's still struggling. And people of God, if you don't hear anything else I say today, I think all of us will agree that the reality of this letter helps us to understand that you don't necessarily have to be bad to make mistakes. You don't necessarily have to be bad to go wrong, you know. Oftentimes we are critical of people. We are judgmental of people when oftentimes it's just a good person who made a bad choice or it's a good person who made a wrong turn. See, that's what grace looks like, beloveds. As we shared Sunday in the preaching moment of Samson, Samson was one of the strongest men that ever lived. But even though he was a strong man, look at this, he still had a weak moment. And all of us ought to be honest enough to agree with ourselves and agree with one another that sometimes even the best people make mistakes. It's not our place to throw them away. It's not our place to write them off. It's our place to love them and pray for them and encourage them, especially if they are honest enough. Let me say this. If they are honest enough to admit that they didn't do it right. Amen. See, that's the thing that separates because some people will mess up and will never admit they messed up. They find it easy to cast blame on somebody else. They find it easy to point fingers at somebody else instead of being honest enough to say, I did this wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's what we are seeing. Forgiveness takes place. Watch what I'm about to say. When we are first forgiving. Hold on to that nugget. It's not in your handout, but you might want to write it down. You can't be forgiven until you are first forgiving. There's proof of that in scripture. In the sixth chapter of Matthew, after Jesus did his teaching on prayer, he said to them, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. So we see Philemon is here. 
Paul addresses the letter also to Aphia, A-P-P-H-I-A, which is believed to be Philemon's wife, Aphia, our sister. And then Archippus, who is believed, some Bible, Bible teachers and Bible commentators have said one of two things about Archippus. They've said, one, that it may have been Philemon's son. But the only thing that with that particular reasoning is there is no Bible references that uh, states that about Archippus. Secondly, some Bible commentators and Bible teachers believe that Archippus was actually the first pastor of the church of Colossae. But again, there is no Bible proof of that. I have not found it in my study. If I come across it, I'll definitely share it with you. And then fourth and finally, Philemon, Apphia, Archippus, and fourth, the church in Philemon's house. That being the church of Colossae, the Colossian church, all right? So it becomes sort of clear that Paul is writing predominantly to Philemon because you're going to see throughout this letter that he uses the word you and your more than anything else. You and your. All right. Secondly, you see he's speaking to Philemon because throughout the letter, you do not hear him reference the Colossian church. We know by means of Bible study and Bible cross-referencing that Philemon is a member of the Colossian church. We now know that the Colossian church was holding services in Philemon's home. So we already know that, all right? Verse three tells us Paul's usual greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, which brings us to the second piece of the letter. We have seen Paul's courtesy in identifying himself, identifying who he's writing to and greeting them with his usual greeting, grace, mercy, and peace from God, our father and Jesus Christ, his son. In verses four through seven, we knew we now look at the second piece of the letter of Philemon we see Paul's compliment, all right? In verses four through seven, let's read verses four through seven together. Paul says there, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Look here, beloveds. Look here. Paul begins by thanking God for Philemon. He thanks God for him, which simply denotes to me the fact that Philemon was not only a good man, he was a godly man. He says, I always remember you in my prayers. And verse five goes so far as to show us why. 
He says, because I hear of your love and your faith that you have, look at this, toward Jesus and the saints. Toward Jesus and the saints. Here it is, y'all. It is a contradiction to us and our spiritual walk and our relationship with God if we say we love God but do not love the fellow believer. There's proof of it in scripture. Look with me real quick. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. The first epistle of John chapter 4. And let's look at verses 7 through 12. Mm -hmm. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Look at what the word of God says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Can I read that much again? Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Do y'all see that in verse 12? Verse 12, no one has seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. God dwells in us and his love is perfected. It is complete in us. Mm-hmm. Let me jump down in the same chapter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look with me at verses 20 and 21. Same chapter. First John 4. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother. There it is, y'all. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. There it is, beloveds. So what is Philemon known for? What is Philemon known for? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. First of all, he's known for, number one under letter 2A, he's known for his faith. He's known for his wealth. He's known for his love for the saints. He's known for his positive interaction, and he is known for his constant encouragement and help to the church. Look at it. Verse five. He says, I'm always thankful to God for you. I'm always remembering you in my prayers because, first of all, I hear of your love for the saints. I hear of your faith for the saints. I hear of your love toward Jesus and your love and your faith toward him. 
And I pray, verse six, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Make that live, pastor. I'll be glad to. Basically, Paul is saying, Philemon, I'm praying that your sharing of the faith with the saints will have an effect on their knowledge of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. His positive interaction. People of God, people of God, watch this now. Watch this. Faith, wealth, and love for the saints is one thing. But if you are negative and nasty, ain't nobody going to want to fool with you. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Can I tell the truth here? Many folks have great potential, but they're nasty. They're nasty. You got a nasty disposition. You walk around and, and, and look like you've been sucking on lemons. You come in contact with people and you are you hardly speak. Can't even say good morning to people unless without you looking so mean. Come on now. You come in contact with people. You see people coming and you rolling your eyes at them. Come on. How is that affecting the kingdom? How does that affect the kingdom? And let me tell you from experience, sooner or later, folk will get to a place that they don't want to fool with you because you're so negative and nasty. You can't be forgiving until you first learn how to forgive. You are not forgiven until you are first forgiving. Which leads me to the revelation that I see here that Paul shares. Here's the revelation, beloveds, based on verses four, five, and six. As, as Sister, Sister Wright would say, here's your nugget of truth that I need you to hold on to. Point to be, to have a working love for Christ is to have a working love toward his people. The word of God makes it clear. If you say you love God whom you have never seen, but hate your brother who you see every day, you are a liar. Come on now. Come on. What are you saying to me, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying. Again, we've got to make sure that we are properly approaching people. Not only is our approach important, but your attitude is important. Sometimes people, it is a scientific fact, and I'm going to say this because I'm, I must confess that I am guilty. It is a scientific fact that within the first five to seven seconds of an encounter with a person, People make at least 11 assumptions about a person they do not know. And here's what's sad. In most cases, all of the assumptions are wrong. That happened to me just, just recently. I came in contact with a young brother. And based upon the way he was looking, his body language and things of that nature, I misjudged him. I misjudged him. I, I thought he was a threat when he was actually a, a, just a kind-hearted brother who was dealing with an issue and needed some help. People of God, please catch the revelation that I'm learning from my experience. Sometimes we need to stop passing judgment based on what we see. Because if the filters of our eyes are dirty, we will miss out on some good people. Come on now. What good is it for me to have these glasses here in this studio teaching Bible study if they are dirty? If they are dirty, guess what? It's going to affect my ability to see. 
And y'all, oftentimes we miss out on seeing good things in good people and good circumstances because of the filter, the way we look at things. We can't be forgiven because of the filter. You know, why do you think Jesus told us? He told us in Matthew chapter seven that the first thing you got to be willing to do is get the moat, get the beam rather out of your eye so that you can get the moat out of your neighbor's. You can't see the splinter because you're blocked by a two by four. Teach JT Worthy in this studio today. We're going to be forgiving. The first thing we got to do is get rid of the grudge that's keeping us from missing it. Good people, much like Philemon, good people, but there's an issue. And we're going to see that issue as we dive into uh, the next piece. But let me wrap this up. Because Paul had a twofold prayer for Philemon in verses six and seven. Number one, he prays for an effective sharing of the faith. I pray that your faith, your sharing of the faith may become effective to the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us through Christ Jesus. The sharing of your faith. The word sharing in the Greek, in the Greek, comes from the Greek word koinonia, which simply means fellowship. So he basically says uh, to Philemon, I pray that the fellowship of your faith, the fellowship that you have with believers, Mm -hmm. I pray that you will make sure that it is permeated and it spreads all over the place. Can't help but tell this, this, this real life scenario. There is, there are Reverend, several McDonald's here in the Rocky Mount area, but there is one McDonald's right here in this city that uh, First Lady and I frequent a great deal, especially during the evening hours because there is a young lady in the drive-thru at that McDonald's who is always so pleasant. She's always so kind. The very first time we came in contact with her, I had just wrapped up a service and we stopped by to grab a snack to come in. And we went through the drive-thru. She was in the drive-thru. She was speaking to someone in the parking lot. And she said to this person in the parking lot, I am always praying for you. And it was the smile, the pleasantness of how she did it. And then she took her hands and placed a heart and sent it out to them and let them know, you know, I love you. But it was so pleasant. She was so pleasant about it. She had one of the most beautiful smiles to the point we both had to say to her, we love your spirit. We love your spirit to the point that a week or two later, we found ourselves right back there and we were talking about it. I wonder if our girl is here. I wonder if our friend is here. Sure enough, when we pulled up through the drive-thru, who would be there? And she was so pleasant. And when she saw us, she presented that beautiful smile. People, please understand, forgiveness begins with the right approach. You cannot be forgiving. You cannot be forgiven if you have a negative connotation. Paul said, I'm praying that in your fellowship 
with the people. Let it be so effective that they come to realize who Jesus is. People of God, sometimes the way we present ourselves will win the world for Jesus Christ. Sometimes you don't have to preach as a preacher. I don't have to preach. It's just in the way that I interact with people. Amen. Let me, let me stop right there. I'm going to leave the lesson for a minute and just talk real. Sometimes people don't want to see your spirituality. They want to experience your humanity. Can I say that again? Sometimes people don't want your spirituality. They want to experience your humanity. You know, some, sometimes you just got to learn how to have a normal conversation. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. What's up, bruh? You all right? Things are well? You know, you don't have to always respond to people. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored in Jesus. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes that is a turnoff, beloved. And it, watch this. It will question your spirituality. Amen. Sometimes people just want to experience your humanity. They want to know that you care. They want to know that you are human. They don't want to know that you are a robot. They don't want to know that you are religious. They just want to know that you care. And in this day and time, that's what we must present in the kingdom. Amen, somebody. That's what we must present in the kingdom. The effective fellowship, the effective sharing of his faith. And then in verse seven, the second thing that Paul prays, he prays for an example of love and joy among the saints. Paul says, I'm filled with joy with you, Philemon, because the hearts of the saints are being refreshed through you. People are constantly being encouraged. They're being helped. They're being ministered to just because you are who you are. Please hold on to this, beloved. Hold on to this. Hold on to this. Nowhere in scripture do we find that Philemon was a preacher, a pastor. What we see here is just a brother in the Lord. What am I saying to us? We can actually win folks by our mannerisms. By our mannerisms. By the way we carry ourselves. By the way we present ourselves. We can win people. Amen. We can win people. How do we, how do you win people? You win people by your faithfulness, by your encouraging. Always let's be found encouraging. Let's always be found helping people. Let's always be found ministering with love, genuine love, true agape love, that self-sacrificing love. Let's come with the mindset that if I can't help you, I won't hurt you. Let's come with the heart and mind that I want to be able to see you move forward because when you prosper, I prosper. When you look good, I look good. Amen. That's what Paul is saying to here about Philemon's love and his faith. Let me move forward as my time is quickly getting away. We look at Paul's courtesy. We see Paul's complimenting of Philemon in verses 8 through 21 we see Paul's counsel of Philemon. At this point, Paul is transitioning the conversation. All right? 
He's transitioning the conversation. He is now dealing with the very thing that needs to be dealt with. Let's read verses 8 through 16. Verses 8 through 16. Probably won't get all of this today, but at least we'll read it and we'll set a foundation to pick up on next week. All right? Verses 8 through 16. Accordingly, though, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. To appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to me, to you, and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. Verse 14, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Verse 16, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Paul now deals with a subject <laughs> that may ruffle Philemon's feathers. Paul now deals with something that really gets to the heart of the letter. What was the heart of the letter? The heart of the letter dealt with a slave of Philemon's who was named Onesimus. Now, it is already given, and we'll jump into that next week, I'm sure, that when you look at verse 18, you will already know that something has been done that has offended or wronged Philemon as a slave master. All right? But in verses 8, 9, and 10, Paul says, look, look, he says, I am, I could command you because of who I am in Christ as an apostle, I could command you to do what is required. But for love's sake, I choose to appeal to you. Choose to appeal to you. Letter 3A of the handout. Sometimes, beloved, when it comes to forgiveness, a loving appeal is sometimes better than an authoritative command. I want to say that again. A loving appeal. Sometimes, again, here's that word again, how we approach it, how we approach people. A loving appeal is sometimes better than an authoritative command. Let's look at it real quick. First Corinthians chapter five. 
Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's look at verses 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Look at what he says. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit is present with the power of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 5. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. In context here, Paul is actually teaching the church of how to deal with sexual immorality within the church. If you go back to verse one here, Paul basically explains, it's been reported to me that there's some sexual immorality in the church. It's not tolerated, all right? Because a man has his father's wife. That was the whole point of Paul dealing with the Corinthian church historically. A son slept with his stepmother. And Paul said, look, look, you know how to deal with this. Let him that has been done this, remove him from the fellowship. Remove him from the fellowship. But look at why. We want to make sure that his spirit may be saved. See, sometimes, beloved, forgiveness involves making sure that the spirit is corrected. Sometimes you got to learn how to forgive and never speak to people again. Sometimes you got to learn how to forgive. But look at what Paul is doing with Philemon. He said, look, I could make you take Onesimus back by virtue of who I am. But rather, it's a lot better for me to approach you in a spirit of love. It's better for me to approach you with a spirit of counsel. I want to appeal to you. That's what he said in verse nine, for love's sake, for love's sake, I want to appeal to you. I prefer rather, uh, English Standard Version says, I prefer to appeal to you. What was the appeal? The appeal had to do with on Onesimus. All right. In verse 10, he says, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus. Number one. The appeal toward Onesimus is basically making sure that we understand that Onesimus was a spiritual son of Paul. Look at this, just like Philemon. Anybody beginning to see it? Number one, number one, one number one under .3a.1, uh, the appeal concerning Onesimus. Number one, he was a runaway slave. We know that. Number two, he came in contact with Paul while he was in Rome and was saved, thus making him a spiritual son. That's why he says to him, he, I'm his father while I'm in prison. Mm-hmm. Number three, hold on to this. Onesimus' name in the Greek means useful. Useful. Formerly, verse 11, he was useless to you. All right. Paul admits here, you know, by my authority as an apostle, I could command you to do what's right. But Paul says for the basis of the relationship between you and I, 
Philemon, I choose to appeal to you. People of God, sometimes if we're going to be forgiving, we've got to learn how to not only make sense of our approach, but now make sure that we have the proper appeal. How are you presenting yourself? How are you presenting yourself? I, I, I often use this illustration uh, uh, with, with, as Bill Cosby used it, about the steak and the potato and the mushrooms. And instead of putting it on a plate, he puts it on a trash can lid and presents it. Who wants to eat that because of how it's presented? People of God, sometimes not only is our approach important, we got to watch our appeal. We got to watch how we engage people. We got to watch how we interact with people. Here's the thing that I want to share with you, and my time is up. Here's the thing that I want to share with you. People of God, if you approach folk nastily, and you approach folk being mean, and you approach folk being condescending and belittling, there is no way we're going to win them for Christ. There is no way that they are going to witness true forgiveness. People need to be able to know that they will be accepted. Here it is, y'all. Grace says, I accept you even though you have messed up. God's riches at Christ's expense. So we got to realize that. And Paul uses his name to provide a play on words in verse 11, saying, guess what? The fact that he has run away from you, huh, he's no longer useful to you. He's now useless to you. But now he is useful to me to the point that I want to make sure that you understand point number two under letter A, and this is where I'm going to stop, that everything that Paul does in this appeal is for love's sake. In other words, let me follow the example of Christ. What do you mean, pastor? We were slaves to sin. Amen. But one day we came in contact with Jesus Christ. Sin separated us from his love. And instead of writing us off, instead of dismissing us, he looked beyond our faults. And what did he do? He supplied every one of our needs. Make it live, Pastor. I'm closing on this note. I'm stopping right here. Next week we'll pick it up and, and probably the Lord shall say the same. Conclude our teaching on Philemon. The whole point that I need to make sure that we are understanding and that Paul teaches Philemon and shares with us with forgiveness is we must be found following the example of Christ. Follow the example of Christ. What is the example of Christ? He forgave us even when he died on Calvary and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We must follow the same example. We got to be followed, be found doing the same thing. Beloveds, my time is up. My time is up. I'm looking at the clock. The time is up. If you have any questions from today's lesson, we have covered uh, up to uh, verses, verse 12 is where we stop. And uh, I'm going to pick it up at verse 12 and carry it out through the end of the letter. The Lord shall say the same. We will wrap this teaching up of the letter of Philemon 
on next week, the Lord shall say the same. If not, we've always got plenty of time to continue to walk through the word of God. But if you have any questions from what we have covered today in our lesson today, please take a moment to drop those questions in the comment section. Today, I am behind the scenes and uh, will be more than happy to be found answering your questions to the best of my ability based on my time of study in the word of God. As always, beloveds, it's been my great joy to share God's word with you. And I pray as always that you're receiving something out of the word of God. Uh, I pray that you will continue to stick with us on Thursdays as we continue to walk through the New Testament books of the Bible. Uh, this is an exciting time of learning and being enriched by the word of God. So I definitely want to encourage you to stay with us, stick with us, walk with us as we walk through God's word together. It is my will, but it's got to be the will of God. I look forward to being back with you next week as we walk through God's word together. I want you to continue to stay focused, stay faithful. Allow God to order your steps according to his word. Let's close in a word of prayer, shall we? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time. Thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this opportunity to share with you people. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word, the strength of your word, and the knowledge that comes through study of your word. God, I pray as, as always that everything we do say and think is found pleasing in your sight and to the glory and not shame of your name. Keep us and we'll be kept, bless us and we'll be blessed, and we will be found forever giving your name the praise, the glory, and all of the honor. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Thank God for you. Thank you for joining us today for our New Testament word walk from the St. James Church. We look forward to seeing you next, next Thursday. Connect with us as we continue to walk through the word of God. Be blessed. Take safe, be safe. Take care. And know as always, beloved, we love you all.